What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Folks, every time I start the podcast, I say, what's better than this? And when I do that, Kyle takes a sip of his beverage. And it has ranged everything. It's been red wine. Sometimes it's bourbon. I'm pretty sure that was some type of like uh, workout C4. And now he's pouring bourbon. So it's going to be a great night on the pod. It's obviously Tuesday evening. We're recording. I have my uh, shake and bake mug with Baker Mayfield's face on it. With a little bit of Angel's Envy. And uh, yes, this was... Uh, this was an energy formula that I had before that. Little energy formula little, mixed with a little upper and a little downer, you know. <laughs> Balance it out in life, Shuby. I don't feel like we talked to you at all on yesterday's podcast. We uh, didn't. You didn't. Uh, that is. Be- I was here though. I was here in spirit. Yeah. I was working on the show, but uh, but no. I let you know. It's your guys' show. I let you guys do the talking, and I'm here when you guys need me. You know. When Here's my- the thing. Here, can I be honest? Yeah. I'm a little disappointed when we do deep dive stuff and Chris doesn't come out with a question. Same. Yeah. Because otherwise, all it makes me feel like he's not engaged. Yeah, it's just like you get a free front row seat to sit and watch a show. Well, and his eyes tell you a lot. Like if one of our mics gets weird, or my daughter was banging on the door yesterday, (laughs) you could tell him he's like, "Oh, his eyes get all big." (laughs) That's my job. It's my job to worry about the audio for the show. Like right now, and this is going to be great because he doesn't know this. I think Kyle's on the wrong microphone to start the show. So, and so we've started already, so we can't fix this, but the, in the back of my head, while you're asking me all these questions, I'm worried about Kyle's microphone setup right now. It was Joe's microphone yesterday. Today it's Kyle. So we're just checking off all the boxes Are you here. sure? No, you uh, sound better now, sound but good. You, you sound good now, but it's okay. I think I just had it angular at the wrong angle. That's all. Chris, can you pull Joe's like yell and make that like a, a soundboard thing? What yell was that? When you were imitating Chris. You said, ah, jeez. Okay. Could be our new squatch call. No. <laughs> so Kyle, the, <laughs> the archives NFL tell game, many great tells. Yes, they, they do. The, the NFL game is played in sub. I'm That's not sure. What they say. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It, 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 it's true. Right. Like, no, uh, we, we cannot go here yet. We have an ax to grind with the university of Alabama for lying directly to our faces and telling us that Mac Jones ran a four, six, eight. There is no, no, no way in hell. That was a four, six, eight. It's nonsense. And you're treating us like we're dumb for telling us that it was. Wait, are you serious? Right? I thought I saw like a four, eight, four, right? Everybody who was there in person was like, Oh yeah. The scout next to me had a four, eight, four or a four, eight, two or four, seven, nine. And Chris Mortensen's like, uh, yeah, the two times that were submitted to the NFL from the University of Alabama for Mac Jones were 472 and 468. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. There's Nobody, no way. No, yeah, nobody's ever watched Mac Jones do anything athletically on a football field that would suggest that he has that type of speed. It just doesn't matter. If he runs that fast, then I have even bigger questions about Mac Jones because it never shows up on tape. I was delirious. I, like, blacked out. Was it when because of the, the contrast of drinks that you had, or was no, it the 40 times? No, when, when I read <laughs> Chris Mortensen, Mac Jones's 40 times that were submitted to the NFL, 472 and 468. I've seen it. They put it on the television screen. I watched it. It's the slowest 468 in the history of mankind. 
Maybe it was a 30. Do you think he did a 30-yard dash in 4.68? I'm reading an official time here from uh, AL.com that says 4.75 for Mac Jones. You can, you can literally Twitter search Mac Jones and the number 40, and it's Albert Breer, 40 times from one scout's watch in Tuscaloosa. Mac Jones, 4.86. Two-tenths of a second slower. I think a four eight six is a great time for Mac. Jones. It was, and that's I mean, what makes it. And it's it's just like the Senior Bowl with Mac. We were so over the top praise of Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl too. And it's like, all right, chill, guys. Like he underthrew that one a little bit. It's like, oh, the accuracy <laughs> is just immaculate here. Yeah. James Palmer, Mac Jones forty yard dash four eight six. Mac Jones ran somewhere between 4.79 and 4.85 on his first 40. These are all separate tweets from different people. Matt Zenitz, I apologize if I said your name wrong, some 40 times from two scouts who were at Alabama's Pro Day, Mac Jones, 4.75. And we came out and said he ran a 4.68. Grand scheme of things, does any of this matter? No. But it just, I read it on the timeline. I said, oh, my goodness. They went there. They really went there. Josh Allen ran a 4.75 at the NFL Scouting Combine. Does anybody in the world think Mac Jones has more speed than Josh Allen? No. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to put it, right? No. Like, show me the – what is that? At, at the NFL Combine, there's the, uh, the simulcast or whatever where you have the two guys running at the same time, like overlaid. Show me that. Show me that. So Evan Lazar, Mac Jones, four eight three. I'm seeing a whole lot of four eight somethings and not a whole lot of four six anything's. Chris is demoralized. We are completely off the rails on the show. He looked at the camera, his mouth was slightly agape. He started to say something and then stopped himself. We have a good concept for today's show, another scouting breakdown, and Kyle just comes in here, big, big sledgehammer, and is like, Nope, we're gonna talk about Mac Jones's forty time. I told you I had an axe to grind for a topic on the show, but it's fine. Let's let's get locked in. Let's, let's do nickel. The, Joe, the NFL is played in sub. That's, that's right. <laughs> the NFL is played in sub. The number one passing formation for every single team in the NFL last year was 11 personnel. Three wide receivers on the field. And whether you run 11 personnel heavy, maybe you're a 12 personnel heavy team. It's all about dictating matchups, right? Putting the defense in situations where if you go light, you don't have an why you you're not in like that. If you have if you don't have your base on the field, then you're too slow. If you have your sub package defenders on the field, then you're not big enough. And and, and it becomes very difficult to defend. And so I think nickel defenders have become very important in the NFL. To me, these are starters. And so we're gonna work through some guys that we've identified as slot defenders, positionless sub-package guys that we think can come in and help NFL defense match, match up with the challenges that these NFL offenses are presenting. Speaking of matchups, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. Built Bar is an amazing, low-calorie, high-protein, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate. And now is the time to find out which is the best tasting flavor, courtesy of Built Bar Madness. Joe talking about matchups. Today's matchup in the bracket, 
my personal one seed, cookies and cream versus coconut almond. Joe, who you got? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream all the way. Like, no brainer. Right. Slam dunk. It's a 30-point blowout. Cookies and cream is that good. They are a juggernaut. They will not be stopped. You want to have your voice heard, go to BillBar.com or bar underscore Bill on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar of the world's best-tasting protein bar. So the game is played in sub. Let's talk about some nickel defenders here on the show uh, Joe, would you agree with the following assessment? This is a statement. The best nickel defender, we're talking secondary players, in the 2021 NFL draft is Elijah Molden, the corner from Washington. Fact. There are some other corners who – can play in the nickel, but can also, I think, play outside. But I don't think anybody in our group is going to be projecting Elijah Molden to be playing on the outside. And that's why he is kind of the de facto. You want to upgrade that inside slot corner position? Elijah Molden's the first name you go to, and he's probably going to be going in the first 50 to 60 picks. Instincts, man. The dude just has a wonderful feel for the game. He anticipates routes. He anticipates route combinations. He's physical. He plays big. He tackles. I mean, when you're talking about slot defenders, you need them to be able to come downhill, trigger, trigger and tackle, whether that's on an outside run, whether that's on a, a quick flare pass to, to that side of the formation. You need a guy that's willing to, to just fire downhill and tackle, and he will do that and I just think he has such a wonderful feel for coverage spacing and where he's supposed to be. Like, he, he is the – if I want a slot corner, that's the guy clear top of the list for me. So he – go ahead. Finish the thought because no, I was going to transition. Okay. Uh, I would like to not transition, so I appreciate yeah. you yielding the floor. Yeah. Uh, he's played too high safety stuff too. Yeah. I don't think he's particularly – effective at it and that's the challenge and, that, and that's kind of why if you're drafting a nickel corner then joe we talk about how you perceive these players to be starters but when you go in base defense can you get them on the field and i think elijah molden has a modest ability to play some high safety not in single high, not in single high post, but if you're going to play split safety coverages, I think he has an opportunity to get on the field for some of your base reps, but anytime that you go into nickel defensive packages, he's the guy who's going to be inside, lined up across from a wide receiver and playing straight coverage. Um, but, but I think that's an important distinguishment to make for him and all of these guys is, okay, if you play base, like where can he play in base? And I think Molden, strong safety in a split, split field safety defense, a lot of too high stuff, I, I think he can at least get you something there so you're not completely striking out on base defense with Elijah Molden. I have an interesting name to bring up. And I don't think 
he screams nickel defender. I think this is a guy that can help your team on every single defensive personnel package. I'm going to say the name, and then I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Notre Dame. As a guy that you can play as a weak side linebacker in your base packages, but then situationally kind of use him as a slot safety where if you're going up against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs that's going to flex out Travis Kelsey a good amount, you have the type of player that can neutralize that. If you're playing a team that's going to feature a bigger slot, he can handle that player in man coverage, and I don't really have any concerns about him playing in zone at all. And when you talk about kind of like that, that big nickel-type defender, I think that Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, like you don't have to ask any questions about where he fits in base. I just think in sub, there's a lot of versatility there. Yeah, that's completely fair. And, I mean, he took the majority of his snaps out on the hash. Like yeah. he just did in the slot, in, in coverage. So I, I think that's definitely a great call. And uh, he gives you much more as far as in the box than what Elijah Molden would give you. So uh, I think if you're looking for uh, the, the highest ceiling, but also simultaneously the highest floor for a nickel guy, it's probably, especially in my opinion, if you play a lot of zone, uh, Wusu Koromoa, I think, can, can really – help you on all three downs and uh it's ironic right because he's a linebacker at his core and we talk about how linebackers aren't valued but because he's a tweener and because he's almost a, a safety hybrid it's like okay does he get does the valuation and boost that he gets for being so diverse in coverage uh beat out the penalty he's going to incur because he's listed as a linebacker and linebackers really aren't prioritized high in the draft it's a good question I, I sort of feel differently about linebackers like if you can play in space and cover and run like and you can you're an every down player that has plus skills and coverage I don't I don't diminish that like I to me the linebackers that I discriminate against are the ones that I, I don't love in coverage like I hate to say Nick Bolton, but guys like Josie Jewell from Iowa, uh, Raekwon McMillan type players where they're just between the tackle, C-gap to C-gap, downhill plugs. Like I, I need guys that can take a step back as well and, and carry some guys down the seam and get to landmarks and, and coverage. So if you're a linebacker that can do all that stuff, I don't, I don't have any penalty for being a linebacker if you can play on every down. So if we move – to the next nickel, uh, I, I think Trill Williams is our next yes. highest rated nick, perceived nickel corner slash safety hybrid type player. Uh, Trill Williams gives you a little bit of a different uh, formula than what Elijah Molden does. Uh, Elijah Molden's 5'10", 191. Trill Williams from Syracuse is 6'2", 198. Uh, and Joe, he's, he was in your region, so you've got a chance to, to watch him and get to know him really, really well. Uh, so give me like the elevator pitch on Trill Williams as a nickel defender. So he, he came to Syracuse in, in 2019 as a true freshman. He, he played wide corner, and he was really good there. And then over the last two years, they played him on the inside almost exclusively, and he played pretty well there. And obviously, like you mentioned, he's, he's a bigger player 
He's a physical player. And, um, you know, I, I'm really impressed with his athleticism and his change of direction skills and fluidity for a guy that is 6'2 and has a lot of length. Um, so while he's not your he's not your shifty little guy that you put in the slot and you expect him to, like, match steps with, you know, twitchy slot receivers, but I think he has a lot of fluidity and agility for a guy that has the type of frame that he does. And I think he's got a, a plenty of willingness to tackle and, and trigger and come downhill. And, you know, he's got two years of experience in this type of, of position. So I, I like that if I need to play him outside, I can, but there's two years of tape of this guy kind of serving as a, as a true slot corner where he's shown some impressive ability. And, and you know, I, I think that his size makes him really unique uh, because he's not going to be, he's not going to have any matchup restrictions. And that's what I really like about him. I want to bring another name and he's a primary, primarily a safety. Uh, so it's a little bit off the reservation of what we talked about a nickel linebacker hybrid. We've talked about some slot corners specifically, but Joshua Bledsoe from Missouri, uh, he's listed at 5'11", 201 pounds. And he played all over the place. Uh, he played single high and wasn't particularly strong there. Uh, but then they rolled him down and they had him play man-to-man coverage in the slot. And he's combative and he's punching guys in the contact window and he's sticky and he's, he's attacking the ball. Uh, if you are a team that wants to play big nickel with three safeties on the field and you feature a lot of man-to-man coverage assignments, Joshua Bledsoe from Missouri is absolutely somebody that can help your team at the end of day two. And he's mean as a tackler. He's got like that dog about him with his demeanor on the field. And you see it. You see him ooze that. Who did a sidebar? Who did I just watch today? Who did we just cross? Indiana safety? Yes. Jamar Johnson. So I watched Jamar Johnson. And um, he got punked on a tackle on the sideline. And the very next play, they they ran the ball, but they ran like the faux slant to kind of just occupy him. And he belted this receiver that had punked him on the tackle on the sideline going out of bounds the following play, like in the whistle. It wasn't dirty, but guys that have that aura and attitude, like they really jump out at you. And, and Joshua Bledsoe is another one of those types where like, he plays fearless. He plays like his hair's on fire. And uh, I really think as far as big nickel with three safeties on the field, and obviously the appeal of three safeties on the field versus going with a traditional nickel corner is Joe talked about the conflict of, um, you know, you're either too slow or you're too small. A safety is going to be bigger and more physical in many instances than what that corner is going to be. And Joshua Bledsoe, uh, he could play on the B level of the defense, and he could play on the backside and scrape and flow and, and be the, the rally player to the football, chasing stuff down from behind. So that's kind of how teams have started trying to accommodate, okay, they're going to spread us out, but they're going to go box count. They're still going to run at us. we got to be able to stop the run. Okay, well, instead of putting an extra corner out there, put an extra safety out there. And Bledsoe is – next in line amongst this year's class uh, amongst some other names as well. 
when you talk about the the bigger slot, like three safeties, a player that I think you had something you you had you were excused from the meeting that we had and and um, had some other engagement that you you weren't on the call, but we did we cross checked Israel Mukawamu from South Carolina, and I don't I don't think you graded him super high, but what do you think about him as that positionless type? sub package defender that has you know a ton of length he's high hip and he's he's kind of funny looking and but it, he if you watch his 2019 tape I think you'll come away more impressed with what he can do in coverage and, and his ability as a tackler so where are you on Mukawamo as it fits into this discussion and you asking him to play just third safety it like yeah what's his size six four Oh, he's he's really large. Uh, let's see here, six three two oh five. See if he had like an extra 10, 10 pounds on him, it'd be like, okay, you got like a Dion Buchanan type, right? And Dion Buchanan has gone on to to make himself quite the living, being a uh, safety from Washington State and playing linebacker in the NFL. Um, that's obviously a, an even bigger jump and, and leap to make with Mukuamu. But if you're at the point in the draft where if Mukuamu is on the board and you're in rounds four, like you got to take a defensive back that's this stature and this physical anyway, just because of the trades perspective. Like remember how high we saw Stanley Jean Baptiste get drafted a couple of years yeah. ago. Back in, I think it was 2014. Yeah. That was everybody wanted the next Richard Sherman. Yeah. And, and everybody was chasing that. And yeah. Jean Baptiste was nowhere near that as far as his right. tape, but he got drafted in the second round. So like these guys who are really angular and long and physical and, and, you know, if you want to play him in, in cover three zone, or if you want to play him in bail technique, like more power to you, Mukuamu, I, th- I think he's got the right attitude to play as a tackler that you could put some of that other stuff on his plate. I just think that gets really murky when it's like, okay, we're going to play him a corner. But now we're not only going to ask him to move in or move back and play safety inside. Now we're going to ask him to come up to play on the second level too. Think about like uh, Joan Williams from Vanderbilt, right? He, he was like a second round pick of New England Patriots, you know, and I think they've, they've had like players like Eric Rowe, where I feel like they, they really want to have this type of player. It's just, for whatever reason, it feels like, there's a lot of variance in, in levels of success at the next level. Maybe there's some complications to the role or whatnot, but you know, there's, there's been a lot of swings for players like this. I'm glad you mentioned Eric because Eric played outside corner. He was drafted to be an outside corner and then he moves inside to nickel and then he moves back outside and he the, the dolphins have moved him to safety, play strong safety for them. He's played for the last year and a half. Uh, but that's a really good example of a player who uh, found his way into base defense as the strong safety, uh, but his best reps came inside, and they eventually just committed him to playing against opposing tight ends. And I have, I have some numbers here for Eric Rowe just off the top of my head. Might or might not have done something for Dolphins Wire on it, but I digress. Eric Rowe, two games played this season. He played against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders, both of those games in December. In those two games, he gave up 231 receiving yards, okay, combined. How many 
what was the average yardage he gave up over the other 14 games? So when he wasn't covering Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, how many yards per game did Eric Rowe give up in 2020? 10. Oh, you went a little more aggressive. You cut my knees out from underneath me. That was, that was too aggressive. You overbid. 19.8. So 19.8 yards per game over 14 games and then just happened to run into buzzsaws against Kansas City and Las Vegas and give up a, an average of 115 yards to those two guys. But, like, base defense player, tried, they tried to get him on the field in nickel, and then the Dolphins signed him and asked him to play outside, and then they moved him to safety. So, like, when we talk about some of these bigger guys, if you have the functional athleticism, because Roe was an excellent tester coming out of the University of Utah, and he had played safety in corner at Utah too. So perhaps that's a tell as we kind of start looking for who some of these next guys are. Okay, who's a guy who did play safety in corner? Uh, because that exposure is likely going to help them be as multifaceted as they need to be uh, to check all the boxes. If you want to check some boxes in your bank account, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football season may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. First sip of bourbon there, Joe. Feeling Had good? Time. Ready for this, this uh, last segment ed- here? Took the edge off. I'm ready for, for the third hurdle here. All right. What do you think about? Hamza Nasser-Ladin? Okay, let's talk about Hamsa. Uh, I don't Master think I want to with you. I'm higher on Hamsa than, than Kyle is. Quite a bit. I like his size. I like his physicality. I think yeah, if you get yeah, him too. playing forward, he is a guy that I like a ton. Then he's, not, then he's not a nickel defender. I think he can play man coverage on tight ends. Ooh. I'm not asking him to play in deeper zones. I'm not asking him to stay leveraged over top in deep zones. But if I need a guy that can be physical with the tight end and, and be willing to exchange physicality with them in their routes and, and have the length to give you some margin for error and, and the athleticism to kind of like break and be disruptive at the catch point, I like what I get in Hampson. Maybe he's a dime linebacker more than he is a guy that you're going to play. He's, he's in a the dog slot. chasing cars is what he is. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's just eye candy. And, ooh, yeah, I'm going to go get it. And, you know, it's bad coaching at Florida State. I understand that. <laughs> but this was spread out over multiple coaching staffs. Well, I think you have plenty of reason to understand why he hasn't been coached consistently to get the most out of this player. I understand. Because he makes plays on traits alone. You know what I mean? Right. And, but that, I guess that's the appealing thing is like, there's, there's plays where it's like, you have no idea what's happening, but you're really long. You're 6'3", 213. So you, he's the kind of guy that I could see being a sub package linebacker on the second level. And I would probably like him more there 
them being the last line of defense or, or playing right. deep coverage like that would te- it terrifies me. But that's yeah, that's fine. I don't want them playing deep zones. I don't. Okay. Well, maybe we're closer than than our grades would seem to indicate. But um, I don't I don't want them in coverage almost at all, personally. And that that makes it tough to find the the home for them. At least you don't until think he you gets... can play shallow zones and deal with crossers, hook curl. An inside linebacker. And then you're going to have offensive lineman climbing up into his lap, and he's so lean and angular that he's not going to be able to play with leverage and get underneath of those and get off blocks. I just don't, I don't see a clear pathway for Hamsa Hamsa. without like significant mental reconditioning for how he sees the game. I like the ceiling. What do you think about Aaron Robinson? UCF slot corner played there exclusively for, for UCF kind of surprising because he doesn't necessarily have the prototypical, like, yeah, this is a slot only type player, but that's where he played. Um, I know he's got some big time fans out there in the, in the draft community. Um, I, I think he's okay. I think he's a fine player. Um, I think he was better against the run in 2020, but you know, I, to me is a guy that, I think some people bill as one of the top slot corners in this year's draft. You know, I, he, he just doesn't check all the boxes for me. I want a guy that's a little bit more anticipatory with the way that he covers, like whether that's zone or in man. I just feel like he gets a little bit grabby. He doesn't trust his athleticism like I want him to. And I don't think he just – like he's not a natural pattern matcher. I think he finds ways to make plays. But for the most part, I just wish he was more – consistent with his responses to routes. I, I guess that's what I would say most about him. Very proud that we did not make a helmet scouting reference and bring up the name Mike Hughes. Oh, gosh. Although, I, for, I forgot about Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes was drafted in the first round. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Should Mike Williams have been drafted in the first round based on his tape? Not based on hindsight, but based on his tape. No, I never thought he was that type of player. Yeah, likewise. And Mike Hughes is kind of the same physical stature as Robinson. So I'm like, okay, are we going to do this again? (laughs) But like, uh, I don't see the appeal that I like. I like Robinson quite a bit on day two. Sure. If you're talking end of round two, beginning of round three, I like him a lot there, but I see mock drafts and and big boards with him in the top 40 and that I'm disinterested in that because I agree with a lot of what you said. Do we what need you... to talk about Sean Wade or? No. No? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so he's not an outside corner. He had good – he had reasonable tape in 19 as a slot, right? Reasonable like... tape. His best tape was 2018, two years ago, and he's gotten worse every year since. That's terrifying. I wouldn't touch him, Kyle. Would you draft him to play safety? No, I'd draft someone else to play safety. <laughs> I just draft somebody who plays safety to play safety. Yeah, I, I just, dude, it's hard to reconcile what what he did last year. It, it, I don't think I can get it out of my mind. And so he can be somebody else's project. I it just. So he he goes on the not for me board. He's not firmly. For me. Yeah, firmly. Chris, we need that as a a thing. The not for me content. Man, reasonable a, players, yeah. players who, who may have success, 
but they won't do it on my team if I was making picks because that player's not for me. Is Hamza on your not for me board? Yes, he is. Okay, all right. So that's fun. You, we, have a, we don't have the same not for me board. Correct. We Man. would each have one, and then there's bragging rights. Oh, no. <laughs> like you could bring uh, up that Clemson guard from three years ago or whatever. Brother, you bring up the Clemson guard from three years ago. I, I got to own, own that tape. And you have, Kyle, God, don't bring it up ever again. <laughs> it's water under the bridge, man. We don't need to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Be nice to my friend, Kyle. Jeez. Day, day three, nickel. Who you got? Give me a day three, nickel. Day three, nickel. Yeah, somebody if I say play it on the inside. slow enough, I can get my do you, thoughts. To- do, you want me to, do you want me to give you mine? Um, yeah, I do. Shakur Brown uh, from Michigan State. Uh, Shakur Brown, six foot, 180 pounds. Uh, only has 12 starts at the college level, uh, but really flipped the switch as far as ball production in 2020. And um, he's played inside and outside, but he's really physical for his size. He's just not going to be really physical at 180 in the NFL against NFL boundary wide receivers. So he's going to have to play inside and be comfortable with a contact window, but not at the line of scrimmage and, and facing press. Uh, I think there's a, plenty of untapped potential. He five interceptions in 2020 in an abbreviated season. So that tells you a little bit about what his ball production looked like this past year. So Shakur Brown, and I would also mention Ambry Thomas uh, from Michigan. Those are two Big Ten guys within my region that I think can play in the nickel, and you'd be willing to, to make the investment on on day three. All right, I'll go with uh, more of the slot safety type player for my choice, day three. And this day three might be a little aggressive because I think you and I both have him graded in the third round. Oh, you missed. You know where I'm going? Probably. James Wiggins. Yes. Safety from Cincinnati. Dude, in – Cop in 20, out. nah, it's not a cop out. It's a good choice. Uh, in 2018, this guy was unbelievable. Um, he was healthy, made big time game changing plays in the ball. I think he had four interceptions, and three of them were like game ceiling walk off plays. And um, on Bruce Feldman's freak list with uh, with his explosiveness, you know, he's had some unfortunate injuries lately. Whether that was like he think he fell down the stairs or something on his way to class. He had a, another uh, ACL tear. You know, he's had a couple of problems here lately, but he's recovered quickly. And, uh, like, you see physicality on tape. You see a guy that stays leveraged. He wasn't as aggressive this past year as you saw when you go back and watch the 18 tape. But, man, like, if he finds that 18 form, I think he's special player. Special player ranked in our top 100, and you gave him as the answer to pick a day three prospect. Yeah, because I think there's a chance he goes in day three. Like, are you sure <laughs> that James Wiggins? No, he, you, and, no, but but the tape is not day three caliber tape. No, it's not. But here's the thing: like, I'm looking through my region, and we've already talked about like all of my, all my of yeah. It's like, all right, all of mine are kind of like you couldn't have mentioned Tariq Thompson or or, or Darius Washington, perhaps. I haven't, I haven't seen those players yet, man cross checks we gotta speed up the pace just focus on my guys man we're we're speeding up the close today we're done here any parting thoughts um you gotta get these 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 guys matter these positional slot players nickel defenders they matter it's my closing thought there's no such thing as too many good corners right
that's always the best. You, you give somebody a corner in, in your mock and it's, oh, well, we've already got so-and-so and so-and-so a corner. Don't we don't care. I don't just care. stop. I don't. Yeah. Because what happens when that guy gets hurt and you're playing some college wide receiver who's been in the league three years and you know, has converted to corner because he can't catch. And that's now your starting outside corner. No, thank you. I want good corners. I want a ton of them. I want endless amounts of corners available and accessible to me and my team. And you should too. That's a, that's a draft dude's mantra. No such thing as too many corners. That not draft guys or not math guys. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for checking out the show. We hope to see you again. We got a couple more shows this week coming up. We also have the live stream tomorrow night on the YouTube channel, The Draft Network. Uh, Chris, do we have a topic? Did we settle on the topic? To be determined. To, to be, be determined. determined. Little mystique, little mystery. Keep you guys coming back for more. Kyle Krabs, Jeremy, and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening.